Hallelujah. We're going to be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 28, verses 1 through 5. Acts uh, 28, uh, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to be reading from uh, uh, the, uh, the God's Word translation, and it's on the screen because it will be a little bit different than your Bible, so, but it's on the screen there. This is what it reads like. When we were safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The people who lived on the island were unusually kind to us. They made a far and welcomed all of us around it because of the rain and the cold. Paul gathered a bundle of brushwood and put it on the fire. The heat forced a poisonous snake out of the brushwood. The snake bit Paul's hand and wouldn't let go. When the people who lived on the island saw the snake hanging from his hand, they um, said to each other, This man must be a murderer. He may have escaped from the sea, but justice won't let him live. Verse 5. Paul shook the snake into the fire and wasn't harmed. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for this service. Thank you for every blessing you've given us. And now, God, I'm asking God for your anointing hand upon me as I attempt, Lord, to minister from your word today. In your holy mighty name, we ask and pray. Let the church say amen and amen. You can be seated. Sister Emma uh, came and told me that... Uh, Last year, she was having some problems, different ones within the school that she worked at, and uh, she talked to me about it. I remember her talking to me about it, and um, uh, she just, I told her she just had to put it in the Lord's hands and let God take care of it, and she just um, uh, came up here a few minutes ago and, uh, and told me, and if I, if I heard you right, Everyone who caused you problems has been moved on to somewhere else. Is that right? Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on. Hallelujah. God uh, God knows how to take care of His people. He does. Hallelujah. Uh, this story about the Apostle Paul is something that everybody's familiar with. Uh, and um, uh, it's been many years since I've talked anything about it, but there were, uh, I, I was looking over this scripture, and um, there was just, just one phrase got a hold of me and just gripped me to it so much that um, uh, the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to my heart, and I began uh, uh, seeking the Lord, and uh, I wrote this down, and, and this is what I'm going to attempt uh, to bring before you in the next few minutes with a message titled, Just Shake It Off. Just Shake It Off. Um, if you're going to be ready when the Lord comes after His bride, there are going to be some things that you're going to have to shake off. Hello? There are going to be some things that's going to latch a hold of us as we go through life, and if we're going to be ready for the Lord, if we're going to be overcomers, there's some things that we're just going to have to shake off. Now, our story narration picks up right after 
the ship on which Paul was traveling on went down in the Mediterranean Sea because of a severe storm, and it literally just broke the ship all to pieces. Uh, there again, if they had listened to the Word of God, the sailors and the owners of the ship wouldn't have had the trouble to deal with in the beginning. As a matter of fact, before the ship finally sank, Paul told them, he said, you should have listened to me and not uh, departed from Crete. Amen. You know, it's amazing to me how some people in the body of Christ, and, uh, you know, if you think if it happened to them one time, they would learn a lesson. But it's kind of like our children. How many parents understand and know you've had, you've had some children that you have to tell them time and time again something's not good for them. They'll go ahead and do it anyway, and they wind up getting in trouble. Hallelujah. Well, it seems like we haven't learned our lessons even as grown adults. Amen. And when God speaks His Word, and, and you know, the way people react to the Word of God being preached today is so much different than it was than just 20 years ago. Hallelujah. People don't really understand and know that when, that when a man of God gets behind the desk under the anointing of God and begins to minister, it is not the man because there's a spirit that takes over, the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Because, listen, I don't ever get up here at all until first I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has spoken to me. If God don't speak to me, I ain't going to talk to you. Hallelujah. Because I can't give you what you need, but the Holy Ghost can. The Holy Ghost can. So they didn't listen to the Apostle Paul. And they said, no, the, the sun is shining. It's got a nice breeze blowing. And uh, it looks nice out there. So they went ahead and did their own thing. They wound up in the middle of a storm that tore the boat up and broke it all to pieces. When the ship went down, there was close to an island. So they began to swim uh, to this island to save themselves. Some of them who couldn't swim, they got on the board, pieces of boards of the ship, the Bible said, and just uh, the best way they could get into the island. And when they got there, the native tribe on the island was very friendly and helped them to build a fire so they could dry out. Um, Paul was going about doing his share in collecting wood for the fire when a viper hidden in the brushwood was driven out because of the fire and latched a hold of his hand, and it wouldn't let go. It just kept hanging there. But Paul didn't panic or show fear. He simply shook the snake off his hand, off, off his hand back into the fire and went on about his business. Hallelujah. Now, there's a lot of ways that we could preach this. And there are different ways that I've preached it uh, in the past. But I'm going to take it a, li a little bit different today according to the way the Spirit of God spoke, you know, placed in my heart. And this is how that we're going to take this. Hallelujah. Amen. As children of God traveling from this world to the next, there are going to be many times that we find ourselves in strange environments like the Apostle Paul on that island. They were shipwrecked. They had to swim to this island, and it was a strange. And uh, uh, the ones that was on there, according to uh, uh, the King James Version, said they were barbarians. 
And so Paul found himself in a strange environment. Maybe a storm would come and break up your world, leaving you to swim for your life against the waves of the sea of life. Come on now, follow me as we lay a foundation here. How many times have we been struggling on the sea of life and the storm maybe would break up the boat and we find ourselves struggling for our very life, swimming, amen, against the waves of the sea of life. And just when you think that everything is okay and all's well, that you've made it to safety, something latches a hold of you intending to fill you with poison in an effort to take you out. I mean, my Lord, think about that. He had to go through a, a bad, severe storm, go through the shipwreck, found himself in the sea trying to swim to the shore. Here he is soaking wet, still raining according to what the Scripture says, and he was out gathering up sticks, helping to keep this fire going so they could all dry out. And, and just when you think, you're right there around, around that crackling fire and, uh, and the storm is going off. You can, you can hear the last part of the storm in the distance. You can still see a little bit, hear a little bit of the thunder and see a little bit of the lightning in the distance. The, the storm has passed. So it's at that time that you breathe a sigh of relief. Oh, thank the Lord. Made it through the storm. Made it through the shipwreck. And just when you think all is well, something latches a hold of you, gets a hold. Amen. At the moment, at that instant in time, your reaction to the situation is going to determine whether you live or die. Follow me, church. There's a lot of times when we are attacked. There's a lot of times when something comes upon us when something latches on to us, the way we react to the situation will determine whether or not we're going to survive or not. It's, it's not on how many people we got praying for us. It's not on the pastor's sermon. But a lot of times you go up against things in this life and things hit you. And I know when, when, when things are bombarded, sometimes we have a tendency to think, Ain't nobody ever gone through this like I have, but you're wrong. There's a whole world of people out there struggling in ways, amen, that if you, if, if, if you knew what they were going through with, you would be ashamed the way that we complain to God sometimes. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the way that we react will, will be the determining factor. Will you be able to just shake it off? Or will you allow it to hang on and uh, hang on up and, and, and let it pull, bring poison into your heart, your soul, and mind? Folks, the Lord put upon my heart to tell you this afternoon, hallelujah, that we just got to shake it off. Hallelujah. We just got to shake it off. We got too much at stake. We've come too far to turn back now. Glory to God, we have been fought and fighting too many battles. God has allowed us. 
too many victories for us to roll over and play dead now. I don't know about you. I can't stop the devil from amen coming and latching on to me. But glory to God, do you think I'm going to walk around with that thing hanging in me? No, sir, so Hallelujah. If something latches a hold of me in my spirit, I'm not going to let it hang on to me and keep pumping that poison that's in me. I'm going to get rid of it before it gets rid of me. Glory. Hallelujah. Now let's, let's just talk about this a little bit. What, what are some of the things that Satan uses that latches a hold of people and puts the venomous poison in them to take them out spiritually? Now, there's no way in the world I could preach all of these things because, man, we would be here from now on. So I've only, I've only put down two. But you can, as I'm preaching this message, there might be some other things that might relate to you more. But these are the two things that God pressed upon my heart that evidently somebody needs to hear today. Number one, number one is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Here's a child of God, been redeemed, baptized in His name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you've been going around doing pretty good. You've overcome a lot of things. You fought a, fought a lot of battles, and God has given you victory. You've been an overcomer. But just when you wasn't expecting it, just when you wasn't looking for it, pow, out of the fires of trial, comes a venomous viper called unforgiveness and it gets a hold of you and it latches on. Satan has many vipers hiding in the brush waiting for a chance to latch on to your heart and to your spirit, injecting deadly poison capable of spiritual death. Glory to God. And this one such viper is unforgiveness. And if you aren't willing or if you're unable to just shake it off, the poison that it will inject will produce bitterness and a spiteful spirit. Hallelujah. I'm preaching good stuff right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sometimes we're not willing and sometimes we're just simply not able to shake some, some things off. But we got to understand something, that when that venomous viper called unforgiveness latches a hold of you, hallelujah, and it spews that poison into your spirit, it's going to produce bitterness. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Listen to what he says. He says, Try to live peaceably with everyone. Now, you better know this scripture has to recorded follow peace with all men. But he says in the God's Word translation, try to live peaceably fully with everyone. You know what that means? That means sometimes you're going to have to, you're going to, have to be willing to bite your tongue. Hello? Come on, somebody. We have got to follow after the things that make for peace. 
I'm not talking about whether you're right and they're wrong or they're wrong and you're right. That's irrelevant. That don't amount to a hill of beans. You know what? God's not concerned with who's right and wrong when it comes to somebody having unforgiveness in their heart. Hallelujah. You think God's going to let you buy and just blow it on by because that person was in the wrong and you in the right? You better think again, honey, if you want to make the rapture. You got to forgive them full will. No matter if they ever come to you and ask for forgiveness or not, it's your responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your responsibility. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's a viper. He said, try to live peaceably with everyone and try to live holy lives because if you don't, you will not see the Lord. Now, I'm reading this in God's Word translation. Make sure that everyone has kindness from God so that bitterness doesn't take root and grow up to cause trouble that corrupts many of you. I'm going to say something now. Some people want to understand and other people just simply might not believe, but I can't can't help it. But I've known people in the church that's gotten sick and didn't get healed and God carried them on. And everybody's walking around saying, well, I just can't figure out why God didn't heal them. I've seen individuals like that and I've prayed and God has spoke to me and God has told me and God says, God says the reason why I took them is because that bitterness it's building up in their heart. It's going to doom their soul. And I'm going to take them on now for my grace's sake so they can be saved. Hallelujah. I believe that as much as I believe anything else in the Word of God that I preach. Hallelujah. We cannot have bitterness in our heart and life and have the Holy Ghost too. Sooner or later, it's going to root out the Holy Ghost. And all you're going to be left with is a bitter old spirit. Hallelujah. Not able to see goodness in nobody. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen. Make sure that everyone has kindness from God so that bitterness doesn't take root. There are going to be many times on your journey that people you know, follow me now. There's going to be many times that people you know as friends, family, and even fellow Christians who's going to hurt you by their actions or by the, simply by their inactions. Amen. There have been times that I've been hurt by people because of some of their actions. But then there have been other times in my life I've been hurt by somebody because it wasn't for their actions. It was because it was their inactions. They failed to act. Hallelujah. How many knows if you've got a friend Amen. And, and, and you're going through a struggle and you're in need. Amen. The Bible says when one body suffers, we all supposed to suffer. Amen. And sometimes, sometimes we see people hurt or we see some people in need and we fail to go to them to pour out our love to help them. And that's just as wrong as if it's whatever they're going through is coming from us. Bless the quietness today. I don't know if everybody just simply has already shouted out or what. Amen. But, man, it, it, it's getting tight in here today. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you the truth anyhow. Hallelujah. Amen. There are going to be many times 
amen, that we're going to be hurt. Sometimes it will be because of just people simply not thinking. But also it could be cause of people not caring. And that hurts worse, don't it? Sometimes when people just simply don't think about what they say or think about what they do, and that's one thing, but then when, when other people then, it's simply they don't act like whether it bothers them or not. That really hurts. But whatever the case, whatever the situation, we must forgive. Hallelujah. We must forgive. Forgiveness is a one of the most greatest Christ-like attributes that you can portray. Hallelujah. It ain't all the jumping and the running and the tongue talking and, and all this other stuff. Jesus said, it's by one thing shall the world know you're my disciples, is that you've got love one for the other. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, we want to build our own religion and our relationship with God, and we want to put in what we want, and we're going to leave off this other stuff. But how many understands that we've got to we got to follow it all? We got to follow it all. Hallelujah, Amen. Church, we got we got to learn to turn the other cheek, and not allow unforgiveness to latch its latch on, spewing the poison of bitterness into our system. Killing the love of God in your heart for all people. Don't tell me, hallelujah, that you love everybody when there's somebody in your heart that you ain't forgiven yet because as long as you harbor unforgiveness for that man or that woman, there's no way in God's heaven that you can have the love that God requires for you to have for them. There's no way. You're trying to fool your own self if you're really trying to think that. And you better let this next statement strike home and settle deep, every one of us. There will be people, oh man, I know this is going I know this is going to get some, but there's going to be people in heaven. There's going to be people in heaven who hadn't talked in tongues. There's going to be people in heaven who hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Think about all all those under the old covenant and the old law and all that, John the Baptist and all that, every one of them. There's going to be a lot of people, amen, around the throne of glory that ain't spoken in tongues and ain't been baptized in Jesus' name. But there won't be one person there with bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart. Amen. Not one. That's why we need to just shake it off. Look at somebody and say, shake it off. Shake it off. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, as you've heard me make the statement before, church. We can't help it. We can't help it if a blackbird or an old crow, let me, let me use the old crow. You can't help it if an old crow flies over your head. But you don't have to stand there and let them build a nest. Hallelujah. And sometimes we can't help sometimes things that get a hold and like, listen, Apostle Paul is not like some of these crazy dudes 
uh, in some part of the country going around intentionally picking up rattlesnakes and all this stuff and everything who don't understand what the Scripture talks about, handling uh, serpents and all that kind of stuff. Amen. Tempting God. Hallelujah. Amen. I know beyond a shadow of doubt the Apostle Paul, he, ain't no way in the world he'd have been involved in that if he knew that thing was in there. But just because it was in there, he didn't panic. He didn't show worry. All he did was shook it off. The Bible said he felt no harm. That's why we just got to shake it off. No matter what people say or do, we got to shake it off. Everybody say amen. There's one, one other thing. And like I said when I started this, there's a man, there's, there's many things that we could add, of things we need to shake off in our life. But these two issues right here are two that unfortunately are very prominent in a lot of churches today. We talked about unforgiveness. Number two, I'm going to talk about self-gratification for a few minutes. Self-gratification. What in the world is he talking about? Well, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 and 2 gives what I'm talking about. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to what? Please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. My, my, my. Look at your neighbor and say, God says you've got to make me happy. Hallelujah. Let everybody please his neighbor. What in the world is going on here? Well, there's another viper used by Satan to catch the unsuspected traveler. And this is a viper of self-gratification or the tendency to want to please yourself. Mm. If this viper takes a hold of you and you don't shake it off, its poison will cause you to disregard the feelings, the needs, and even the authority that others have. Nothing or nobody else matters but your wants. It is actually... Oh, my, my, my. It's awful quiet in here today, or is it just me? I don't know. Hallelujah. Glory. Think about this now. Pleasing ourselves, self-gratification. It's actually an immature, childish, and almost like a teenager's mentality of focusing only on one thing, and that's me. Amen. It's one thing when you see little children do it. But when you see Holy Ghost-filled people, men and women, come on, somebody. And the Word of God says that we're not to please ourselves, but we're to everyone please our neighbor. Listen to me. People who always seek self-gratification and are wired to please themselves don't have the concept of submission to others. Amen. A person who's into pleasing their self and self-gratification 
they don't, not, they don't begin to understand the biblical concept that we're supposed to submit ourselves to everybody. Number one, most of all, we, we, we submit ourselves to God above all else. But then we submit ourselves, amen, to the men that God puts in our life, to the ones who leads us and cares for our soul. We're to submit ourselves to them. And then finally, we're to submit ourselves to one another. And we're supposed to forget about this stuff about what makes me happy. Hello? Amen. I'm talking about things that will latch a hold of us and put poison in our system that will kill us spiritually. <laughs> People who always seek self-gratification and are wired to please themselves don't have the clue about submission that I said. They're always off doing something different than everybody else. Everybody else, let me give you an example. We're all going somewhere. We're headed somewhere. Everybody else says, well, uh, well, we'll, we'll take the bus. And then you got one off the side over here that's into uh, pleasing himself. Oh, not me. I'm going to take the train. Hello, somebody. We lose a concept of unity in the body of Christ. Amen. Folks, and we, and, and we hear this all the time. We hear it preached all the time. Amen. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Him. Hallelujah. And I understand that a lot of people, this rubs them raw. Amen. But it's a truth anyway. And we're going to have to deal with it if we want to be right with God. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to deal with these things. These are things that latch a hold to people in the body of Christ that will cause us to lose out with any, with any spirituality, with any kind of relationship with God. And people who fail to shake it off, yeah, they might still go to church every Sunday. They may still sing in the choir. They may do this, but everything they do is a farce and a show. There's no reality to it, no depth to it. Hallelujah, because they got the poison of the stuff running in them. Hallelujah, and it's taking away everything else God wants to do in their life. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition, or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem another, others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You find a good example of this around Christmas time when the stores put on a big sale to get the people in. And because some folks has got to have that more than they can have somebody else's friendship, they'll camp out two days ahead of time and when they finally open the door, they barrel and bust through the doors. And how many people have we heard on the news and radio, people have literally gotten trampled to death and killed over the mob? 
hunger. Come on. Is that esteeming somebody else better than yourself? Come on. Maybe you and a, no, another brother of two sisters, and, and, you, and you're inside there, and uh, both of you going after the, the same thing, and there's only one left. You know what? I can see a real Holy Ghost lady doing who's really following the Scriptures like what I'm preaching. She picks it up, but instead of grabbing it up on her own arm, she turns and says, here you go, you take this. <laughs> you see... We talk the talk, but it's hard to walk the walk. We're not supposed to be about pleasing ourselves in anything. Hallelujah. A lot, you know what? <laughs> Lord help me. But I've been in some churches in years gone by. You hear some people get up during a testimony service. And they'll say the same thing every time they testify. And they'll say, God knows my heart. I love everybody. <laughs> and half the church is sitting back there saying, they remember this, 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 and this. What do we demonstrate? It's not what we're talking. It's what we demonstrate. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people got some things latched a hold of them that they need to shake off. Hallelujah. It's not only affecting them and their relationship with God, but it's affecting, it's affecting other people, other people around you. Hallelujah. Amen. This, these are principles, folks, of the Word of God, amen, that fall in line with everything else that we, we hold dear so well and we preach so much. Hallelujah. Listen to me. There's no way for you to please God if your ambitions are to please yourself. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Some of these people who are so self-centered seem to think that how they relate to others is not important with their relationship with God. But nothing can be farther from the truth. Folks, we touch God by how we touch other people. What do you mean, Brother Sammy? Well, did not Jesus say, whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you do it unto me? Hallelujah. When he talked about I was hungry, you fed me. I was clothed, uh, I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you visited me. Jesus said, well, Jesus said, when do we, when do we see all this? He said, when you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you do it unto me. But then he talked about those, Jesus says, I was hungry, and you fed me not. I was naked, you didn't clothe me. It, hate, it hurts me to say this, 
But apostolic people sometimes can be some of the most lazy people there is in, in the church world. <laughs> Hallelujah. I made. I, I got up and I read a card two or three weeks back, and I don't. Brother Coffin, I, I think maybe uh, y'all. Would, I don't think that y'all was here. I'm. I'm going to reiterate this right now because y'all was involved in it. But uh, you know, not long ago, there was a bunch of sacks made up with food items and different things in there to be passed out to some hospitals as a point. Of, uh, of outreach. And uh, 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 Brother Coffin brought him over uh, to my house, and then I got uh, uh, Chris, and, and we went and uh, uh, distributed him, went over uh, to Baptist Hospital. And um, I got a, got a card from the administrator over there uh, about a week after that, thanking the people at Christ Family Church for caring and showing their Christianity. And the lady said, I had, she said, if you could only been there, she said there was one lady whose husband was on life support, expecting her to die at any time. And she refused to leave his side, not even to go get something to eat. She said, Pastor Brook, when I brought that stuff in there, I presented it. She said, that lady jumped up and grabbed me around the neck with tears running down. She says, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for this. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's easy for us apostolics to get in here and dance and do the jig and and do all the stuff that we're so well known doing. But where's our outreach? Hallelujah. When? Hey, when God burnt the church down over here, it might have been God's way saying it's time for, for, the, for about two years before the fire. I don't know, and it wasn't just one, it was several people get up and say, we got, we, we got the biggest secret in Nashville. We got the best secret in Nashville. And maybe God's saying, when it's about time to let the secret out. <laughs> Hallelujah. God may let the church burn down so we could, His way of saying it's time to get beyond the four walls. Hallelujah. There's, we, don't, we don't come in here to serve God. Ain't nobody in this building right now serving God. Nobody. We come to the house of God to worship, and we leave to serve. It's what you do on the other side of those doors to determine how much you serve God. Hallelujah. But now we come in here and do our Holy Ghost uh, uh, two-step and, 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 and our Pentecostal boot scoop. Hallelujah. Amen. And then we want to get out there and we don't want to even think about the world the rest of the week. Well, our minds is heat up with getting as much overtime we can get or doing this or doing that. We don't have time for nothing or nobody else. And then we come back in and worship. We want God to bless us. God says, how much have you served me the past week? How many... 
broken hearts of you tried to help men. Hallelujah. That's what Christianity is all about, not what this thing we do around here. Hallelujah. All this music and me up there going crazy on the keyboard and all that stuff, they do all that in the world. Hello. Some of you don't sit there looking so holy and whatever. You, you ain't been saved forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know, I know we got some old Woodstockers sitting around here. I know we got some old Janice Joplin fans sitting around here. <laughs> I know some, some of you don't say, who's that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. What are you saying? I'm saying we've got to be willing to shake some things off so we can go forth and serve God the way God has called His church. I say it one more time, and I say it in closing, that He did not save you, fill you with His Spirit, just so we can come one day a week and get blessed. Hallelujah. He said, you go and tarry until you be in Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high. And then after that, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of what? And guess what? Did you know even the early church at first didn't obey God? The Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. 120 turned into uh, 3,000. And then 3,000 turned into 5,000. They said, we got to organize this right here. We got us some deacons. And we had a good thing going right here. And guess what? It wasn't nobody leaving Jerusalem. Do you know what got them out of Jerusalem? Persecution. God says, I filled them with the Holy Ghost, starting, but I can't get them beyond the four walls of this Jerusalem church. I can't get them to do what I told them I gave them the Holy Ghost to do for so he sent persecution. And the Bible says, you go back in the book of Acts and you read it, that those that were scattered, and it was scattered because of persecution, went everywhere preaching the gospel. So what I'm saying is God's going to move us <laughs> sometimes whether or not we want to move or not. I told him down at the, uh, the conference, I think I posted it, uh, on, on Facebook uh, one, one day is that I can't understand why in the world some people will pray for God to guide their steps when they're not willing to move their feet. Ain't no need for me praying for God to guide my steps if I'm not willing to move my feet. 
How can God guide my steps if I'm not moving my feet? Think about it. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Lord, we